Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weekday from 7 to 8 p.m. Also check me out on Onside Radio tomorrow. I'll be in with Ira Winderman at 10 a.m. for the usual Inside the Paint segment. We'll go an hour on that one. We've got Five Reasons YouTube channel. Royal Shepherd hosts the post up after every heat game. He'll do it after every heat playoff game Two and five reasons, That's where you can find the latest from Brady Hawk, Alex Baumgartner at the Panther game one tonight. And also Chris chase on the Marlins. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network, including our friends at therapist prefer. They just gave away $145 bundle. So I hope you got in on that, but this is a CBD company founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to optimize performance and recovery for active people. This is 100% THC free and third party lab verified all products made in the US with cutting edge technology from organically grown hemp. Most popular products, the CBD sports cream, the strawberry lemonade and green apple flavored gummies. I got some of those here. They've been helping me sleep, but they can also help you recover free shipping on all orders and use the promo code five reasons. That's the number five reasons for 20% off your order. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping. All you got to do is use the promo code five reasons. So shop now at therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Follow them on social media at T-H-R-P-S-T preferred therapist preferred is for active people by active people. And now Today's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reason Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. We got Greg Sylvander. We got Tropical Blanket, Alex Toledo from somewhere in his car. Uh, Greg and I are both home tonight. So uh, Alex will be on the move, running people over. Uh, oh, right no, now, as we road. we're good. Oh, right. That's that's bad. Yeah, don't pot and drive. Don't tell Uber that. Like, definitely not. I'm not trying to lose my job. Is it Uber or is it Lyft? No, it's Uber. It's Uber. Come on. I can't, I can't advertise that other company over there. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know which I'm supposed yeah, I'm to. One of them, one of them you can schedule on the other. You can't. All right. Can we get uh, a sponsor with all the work that I've done? Like we're just about to say what, this is low hanging fruit. Yeah. I mean, exactly. What are you doing? All right. Well, let's get to it. Cause right now the Miami heat are bludgeoning the Detroit Pistons. Uh, after they scored 69 points in the first half um, and pretty much, nice. I mean, nobody of great significance, uh, I don't want to say that. That sounds mean, but a lot of players were out tonight. Okay. Let's just put it this way. Four out of five starters, all but Duncan Robinson, who who really only played because they wanted to get him to 72 games on the season and to extend his three point streak. Uh, the other four starters did not play. Um, also sitting uh, Goran Dragic and Andre Iguodala. So a lot, a lot of guys did not play tonight, but it looks like the heat are going to at least finish the season with 40 wins. They'll be 40 and 32. The big news today though, uh, one Chris Bosch, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame. I did a video on that on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We also covered that on Before Floor on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. And the other bit of news is the Nets won as expected against Cleveland, even though they sat James Harden, which locked the Miami Heat into the sixth seed against the Milwaukee. They were already locked into it, but locked uh, the Milwaukee Bucks into the three seed against the Miami Heat at six. Uh, the Knicks were challenged 
but one. And so they will be in the four five matchup against Atlanta. So we know now that the heat are playing the bucks. Of course they played them in the second round last year. They won four games to one heat and five, all that good stuff. This is a different bucks team. We are not going to focus on the heat and bucks today. We've got a week to get to that. We will cover all of that with a whole bunch of different guests. Uh, during this week, we'll cover down every, every bit of this matchup, but we got a week to kill. We're going to look back a little bit. We're going to try to put this season into some perspective. Greg has compiled uh, five key points from this year that were narratives. We're going to touch on kind of where those things went and also where they are as the playoffs stand. So number one on your list, and it was number one on my list, was Jimmy Butler. And here's the key thing about this. The Miami Heat were 14 games over 500 this year when Jimmy Butler played. He just didn't play enough. And they were awful when he didn't play. So I'll start here. Was this Jimmy Butler's best season, Greg? And where do you put him as we enter the playoffs in terms of players that should be feared around the NBA? Um, that's interesting. So I'll say it is due to the efficiency and the things that he's doing defensively, the way that he's just breaking things up all year long. Um that it's probably his most well-rounded season. He's had some offensive punch seasons that you just can't deny that were, you know, uh, really prolific, but, but this is his most well-rounded season career highs across the board and a lot of uh, really uh, SPO driven categories. I'll, I'll call them. And um, for me personally, like when I look around the league, it, it doesn't even really matter what, what fans think or what Twitter thinks or what the media thinks or the gas bag national media dudes. Like, I think if you polled the, the, the players around the league about like, who are you, who do you want to go into a seven game series with? And you have confidence about Jimmy Butler's on the short list. Like, I, I feel like, you know, there's obviously the bronze and the, and the KDs and, and I won't unpack the whole list for the, for the purposes of this show, but Jimmy's on the short list. So I don't know where you, where I would put him in a ranking. I'm not going to do it that way, but there is no doubt that like he is, as you have continued to say on five on the floor, way better than the heat or anyone else expected and I just think that it is paramount that they figure out a way to make another run with him because he's, he's just awesome. To me, there's no doubt about it. This was Jimmy Butler's most impressive, at least regular season. Like, even though he missed all the games, the actual stuff that he did on the court, to me, was not only his most well-rounded, because he showed this last year, obviously, but the way that he did it, where he just kind of controls games, he plays at his own pace always, and it's obvious when they when, you know, the team is without him that they're just not the same team. And, and it runs through him and his attitude and his leadership. And it's a real thing. Like, I know it's not technically quantifiable statistically, but it's obvious when we when, you know, the team is without him. It's just a, a hugely different story when he's on the court. He's one of the best guys at, you know, when it comes to rim pressure. And that's severely missed when he's not playing, especially because Goran can't do it consistently anymore. And he's awesome at getting to the line, an awesome playmaker, an awesome defender. And he's done it at an extremely efficient level this year, despite all the kind of, uh, you know, polarizing circumstances. And, you know, just it's not it wasn't a great season at all, despite a short turnaround from a great finals performance where he had to carry the team on his back over there, too. Like, it's just a physical accomplishment, what putting up his best season, despite the circumstances. I think the thing we need to put into context here too is, is something that Greg mentioned 
which is that I think that the calculus for this team has changed and this franchise has changed because Jimmy is better than they thought he was. And that this all becomes about Jimmy Butler. I, I feel like that changed during the finals where now there's a feeling that they owe it to Jimmy, that they have to bring in some additional help, that they can't rely on him to carry them. And I think we saw it wear on Jimmy at times this year in a way it didn't wear on him last year. Um, some frustration with some of the young players who disconnected. We'll talk about maybe one of them uh, here, probably in part three of this episode, um, but also some frustration. I think at times that Bam, who we'll talk about in part two, uh, wasn't developing the alpha personality maybe quickly enough for Jimmy. Not to say that things are fractured. They're not. Not to say that Jimmy wants to leave the franchise. He doesn't. Not to say that Pat Riley has failed Jimmy Butler. He hasn't. Okay. None of that stuff. But I do think that the calculus has changed here in regard to, you know, maybe at times during Dwayne's career that they didn't sort of act quickly enough. I think there was some regret about that. And now you don't have kind of the LeBron Bosch prospect in the back of your head like you did with Wade. You had it with Giannis. It doesn't exist anymore. The free agents are not there. And so now it does become, can we win one with him quickly and maybe with the guys he wants to win with? And that's where the Kyle Lowry conversation comes into play. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing, actually, as we look forward, which we're not going to do a ton tonight, that Kyle Lowry is going to miss the entire playoffs. I, I think that actually make, make him more attractive to the Heat in oh, the offseason. I like that point. That he's going to get some rest. He's going to, he's literally guys, he's gotten rest for the past two months. I mean, that he, he was kind of banged up at the end. I mean, I know, you know, not all the games were, were because he was injured, but, uh, you know, we, we knew that they were kind of selling, but he's been banged up a little bit. I think it was something in his foot or his toe yeah. or something where he, yeah. I think he put some of that weight back on. DeRozan will get some rest too. Well, DeRozan, oh, right. well, he probably will after the play in. Um, you know, so might Steph, but, but he's not really available. All right. So, on point one here, Jimmy Butler, to me, it was his his most complete season, uh, even if he couldn't complete all the games. Uh, you know, I mean, he career high in shooting percentage, career high in assists, career high in rebounds, career high in steals. And the only thing he wasn't a career high in was points, and that's not necessarily what they needed from him all the time. And also, um, maybe his best defensive season. Not that I've seen all of them. Uh, you know, the way I saw this one, but, uh, but certainly he played at an elite level defensively. All right, let's get to number two here. Uh, the other big narrative of the season, the development of Bam Adebayo. And, and I, we have beaten this to death. So I, I don't want to overdo it here, except to say this, okay? Do you believe that he can change the narrative on him at this stage, which is, we can talk about it was his third season, second full season as a star, you know, all the rest of that stuff and how far he's come and that he's exceeded all expectations, except maybe ours um, and everything that he's accomplished here. But does he have time in the postseason to maybe make Heat fans feel better about that max as it comes that the alpha thing is in him somewhere, Greg? Yes. I mean, he definitely has time because like, for one thing, we all, we all, but Heat fans particularly have short memories and uh, they, they've already kind of, the Tatum block is gone. Like there's that any equity that was built up with all of that stuff is, um, is now, uh, what have you done for me lately? And uh, so Bam Adebayo just needs to do some things lately. And uh, I think he will. And I just, I think it's important to keep it in perspective that 
dude continues to climb statistically as they give him more he's able to absorb more and the one part of his game and i continue to to just beat this drum is that like the the final form bam is going to be when he engages aggressively in in this different kind of way and I, it ties back to your what you mentioned about jimmy and the frustration about him maybe not being an alpha now i don't think that that has anything to do with jimmy um, second guessing Bam Adebayo as a sidekick, as a teammate, as a building block to a franchise that he wants to be attached to at all. It's more about Jimmy just wants some help so that he doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting this season. So he was just hoping that somebody else was ready to do that now. But I think that ultimately Bam will get there um, and he can absolutely particularly in this first round matchup against Giannis, I think that there's ways that he can make Heat fans uh, go into next season and say, let's do this max thing. Yeah, absolutely. I do think uh, Bam has time to kind of make people feel even better because I do think in general, most people feel he's deserving of a max, even without knowing that like it doesn't really start till next season. But like people saw him show up in the playoffs. They you know, on, on the highest stages, he was obviously at his best versus Boston, which is a smaller team, but he was great in all the different series. Like he was the cheat code to why they were able to shut down the Bucks in five games. And like that team was the most dominant team for two straight seasons in the regular season. So Bam has already shown it. Obviously the, the Lakers, the, the final series where he was banged up is different. But to me, um, I think we're, we're, we've all kind of, you know, and this is something we talked about all year uh, as fans, we want him to move, through that traje trajectory a little bit faster than it's happening. And I'm still on that same page, even though I always try to have perspective about it. Like, I'm not mad at Bam, but I also get do get disappointed. Like, last night I wasn't on the pod, but it was just frustrating. It was another one another one of those nights that just reminded me of that Mavericks loss and, and other losses where, you know, when Jimmy's not there, uh, it's not just about shot attempts, but it kind of comes down to it because when you look at the stats from last night, and I don't have them in front of me, it was a million three-point attempts, not a lot of free throws. You know, it just wasn't a lot of rim pressure at all. And it just seems obvious to me that you have a guy like that who can move so well, can handle the ball so well, and you have multiple shooters. And it's cool that he's such a good playmaker and he needs to step up the playmaking as well when Jimmy's out. But you need to have that balance where, like, guys are screening for him and you're and you're – running actions for Bam. I feel like I said this over and over and maybe, you know what, like I, I haven't asked Spo this, obviously we, we record, you know, after games Damn when Spo goes on and I'm not even trying to make an excuse here, but I wouldn't ask Spo that because I know from Ethan's pro tips that he wouldn't divulge that type of information anyways. And he would just get pissed at me for even asking that. But really like, I wonder if we're going to see some of that unveiled in the playoffs where like, you know, Duncan, Tyler, Kendrick, Goron, Jimmy, whoever, uh, like we actually start seeing some screens to get Bam going downhill because it's like right there in front of you. He can clearly do it. You got to give him a little bit of confidence. And to me, I know I'm rambling a little bit because I just think Bam is that good and he's that capable. And on a team like this where you don't have that other, uh, you know, high level shot creator because, you know, Oladipo didn't end up panning out and they don't have Kyle Lowry on their roster yet. Like that's one of those things where it just, I think that's why everybody gets so frustrated. It's like, well, Something need, somebody needs to step up. It's your second best player. It's your max player who you saw dominate before you know it's in his, you know, capability. And so I think we're going to see that huge growth next season from Bam uh, as a scorer. And, and to me, 
in the playoffs, it's going to depend on how well he defends the Bucks and Giannis, and because it's really right there in front of him to do it again. And also, how much does he impose himself on offense, and how much does the Heat tailor make some sort of offense that's uh, you know beneficial for Bam to get going? I think one of the things that's hurt Bam here a little bit in terms of expectations is that essentially the Heat had two seasons last year, you know, and so I I don't I don't even think the idea of Bam being you know, I feel like Bam, people think Bam's like in his sixth year at this stage. Like, I, you know, we yeah. saw a pre-bubble, we saw post-bubble, we saw the playoffs and that deep run and going into the finals. And although he couldn't finish the finals. And so I, I do think. You remember also happened. when all the years of summer league and Miami pro league, where he was kind of doing all the handles of the, of the and the flashes of uh, create, you know, shot creation there. I think that's also kind of built into the foundation there of expectations, right? Well, I also think what happens is we see this with a lot of players that they, they go from, we build them up to tear them down. Right. And, and they also, they go from underrated to overrated back to underrated back to overrated. We saw this out. I mean, I, I was thinking about BAM today with the Bosch announcement because, you know, I remember heat fans <laughs> because I was on the front lines of that thing. I remember there was there was a dedicated group of Heat fans during the Big Three era that did not care for Chris Bosch's game. Did not. Needs to get in the post. Needs to rebound more. Doesn't bring it every night. Drifts Stop. sometimes. Drifts sometimes Stop. when you don't don't have LeBron and Dwayne. I heard all of this stuff. I got called like the Bosch defender on a lot of this because I was looking at the other things that he did. Now he and Bam are not the same player, but there are similarities. There were a lot of things that Chris did unselfishly maybe not as a passer like bam but just giving up some of his game uh getting to the right spot spacing the floor just so that others could do damage when really chris could have done his own damage there's a lot of revisionist history about chris bosh that's gone on since chris retired compared to kind of what was really going on when it was happening and i, I feel like Chris you know did what? that. There was that ebb and flow with Chris. He went underrated. He went maybe a little overrated to highly underrated as his career went on. And I, and I don't think that's lost on either of them. And remember, I remember having Chris Bosch on a podcast a couple of years ago when Justice and J Josh were still on the team. And he said, Bam was the guy. Bam was the guy that, that one of these guys needs to step forward. But it was clear he wasn't talking about Josh or Justice. He was talking about Bam. I think he saw a lot of himself in that. So we'll see what happens in the playoff series, uh, but we will go We'll go to the next thing. All right. Before we get to number three here of the narratives of the season, how they carry over to the playoffs, I'll tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm going to try to get in there tomorrow because I've had a little bit too much fried chicken this weekend. That's F45 in Cooper City. They'll kick your ass and you'll feel better for it. They specialize in 45-minute, fun and innovative, high-intensity interval training programs, personal training in a group environment. This is not a regular gym. They've got pods for everybody there. You have your own pod with your own weights, everything else that you need. They have different kinds of sessions. If you want more of a, you know, you, you want more of a strength training session, you want more of a cardio session, they will tailor it to you. They've got a couple of trainers that go around the entire time. Make sure that you're staying motivated not on your phone. The workouts burn up to 500 calories per session. They help you drop the quarantine 15. If you still got that month to month, no contract memberships available for as low as eight bucks a session. They will not tie you in for life like your neighborhood gym. And they've got discounts for teachers, nurses, military, and first responders. You can try them out free for seven days. The phone number 954-745-4517. That's 954 745 
4517. I'm also going to post it on my Twitter account, a direct link, because we want you to go to Cooper City. These things are popping up all over the place because it's popular. We know the folks, though, at Cooper City, they're going to take really good care of you if you mention five reasons when you go in there. So, again, it's F45 in Cooper City right there in Broward County. All right, let's get to number three here. And, Greg, you threw this one on here, and I think there's a bunch of different ways we could have gone with this one. But really, I think one of the, the key points this season was who was going to be the third guy for the Heat. And, and I think that this became a bigger issue when there seemed to be more established third guys that the Heat could go after, right? The whole James Harden thing before the season ever started, which I think got in some of the players' heads on this team, whether you're going to make a run at Bradley Beal, whether you can maybe try to pry John Collins loose, whether or not you might get Victor Oladipo, which they ended up doing, and that lasted all of four games. But on the roster, if there was going to be a third player this year, it was supposed to be Tyler Hero. And there were moments it was, but not enough of them. Now, he played really well down the stretch. He, he sort of found his game, was shooting 65% from three over, I think, a five-game period. It's just the consistency. So I'll just get to it this way. We saw Tyler Hero essentially act as a third guy at times, although it was more often Goran Dragic during the playoffs last year. Can Tyler Hero, if Goran can't give them that in the postseason consistently, can Tyler Hero be the third guy? Yeah, I think to start out, Goran was the third guy, and I think his his salary dictated that as well. But it was also predicated on everyone thinking here, any, any uh, regression that you would see from Goran, you know, just naturally, that you would be seeing the made up by Hero. And... This year, I mean, you have to honestly kind of look at it that he was basically, you know, a couple percentage points behind from a three-point shooting perspective. Otherwise, pretty flat to last year with stats. But he didn't have those same moments and uh, those same, like, uh, just the, the the late game stuff and and the, just the hot streaks and the, the the making guys fall down and the confidence factor stuff. It's just... Some of it just looked like it was missing. And this is a question that if you asked me at the beginning of the season, uh, do I want to move hero for a more win now player? I would have said, no, like I want to protect the back end of this franchise's window and align with Bam Adebayo and his timeline and his age. And now uh, I have to be honest, like this playoff run, we talked about like what can Bam do to get in the good graces of the fan base to, you know, to justify his max. I don't even think that's the question for me. I'm watching Tyler Hero in these playoffs and I want to know, is he ready to take that next step or is he going to have to become the piece that gets the, uh, the third guy? Yeah, I pretty much agree there. Like, I was definitely a year ago and even not even a year ago, you know, after the the bubble, I was more hesitant to trade Tyler unless it was for, you know, a, a much bigger piece. We used to talk about Bradley Beal a whole lot. Uh, I don't know if he's cool with that ninth seed. It seems like he is. But uh, <laughs> in general, like I, I, I agree. I think Tyler is somebody who I would trade for a win now player. I, I don't remember if you guys end up convincing me to, uh, kind of go on that page of trading him for Lowry during the trade deadline stuff. I may have caved at the end there before it ended up not happening, but I, I did not like that idea. I just think me neither. as much as I love Lowry as an option for this team, uh, I knew that, and this was an argument against Oladipo. I thought this was more relevant for Lowry because Lowry's the guy you actually want to use cap space on. You want to 
you know, you, you can just get him in the off season, right? And maybe they don't get him, but it seems like they're, they're, they've got a real chance there. And like, that's not somebody that I think you, that's worth trading Tyler for only because of the age factor. Like, I just think it's too much of a gap, right? And even though Lowry's still really good, I, I think you can throw Tyler into a package uh, with other guys, I think. And I think you have something there, but to me, Tyler's just had a lot of peaks, peaks and valleys. I see the growth from him. I see the confidence is back. I think a lot of that seemingly had to do with the foot. And ever since he came back from that, he just looks kind of like how he used to more or less. To me, he's still a good player. I'm not really worried about him going forward. I think he needs to grow into his body a little bit. I still think he's somebody along with Kendrick, even though they don't have a similar, I mean, their games are not that similar. They're both kind of three-level junior, three-level scores, right? Like they can do a little bit of everything from that end, you know, from that aspect. But Tyler is somebody worth keeping to me, unless you know there's just an awesome guy out there that's worth having. I, I am leaning toward the fact that Tyler Hero is not going to make it through this cycle with the Heat. I, I. What do you mean by cycle? I, I, I think uh, to me the Jimmy cycle. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I can even suggest how it'll happen. It'll happen quickly. And Ethan will go right back to you. You sign Lowry with space. And I think hero becomes a piece that you package together to go get the other piece. That, that, to see, kind that's of what I'm saying. Tie a bow on that roster. That, that that's, that's what I'm saying is that uh, that's why you didn't trade hero before. I, I think I don't, you're, you're talking about two cycles here. There's a Jimmy cycle and there's a BAM cycle. I don't think hero survives the Jimmy cycle to get to the BAM cycle. I, 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 I thought so before. Um, but again, Pat Riley is on a clock here and Jimmy Butler is on a clock and it's not that Tyler's not a good player, but I, to me, Tyler becomes the justice becomes the Josh Richardson becomes the Karan Butler becomes the Lamar Odom that is traded to get the piece uh, to, to fill this thing out. I, I just, I think what this season proved is they don't really have time to wait. Um you know, and, and I know people are going to come after me when we talk about depth here and say what I said about Harden and all that. I never said you don't trade hero for Harden. I said, you don't trade the whole damn team for Harden. And the reality is, as we've said many times before, it wasn't even an option. Okay. So it's not like, it's not like they took our advice or anything like that. Houston didn't want the type of things that the heat were offering uh, at that time or that he could offer because they didn't have the draft picks. But I, I just think Tyler Hero becomes the guy that maybe gets the first round pick that gets you somebody, or he becomes the guy that gets you, you know, the, the better player at that position at this time. And you live with whatever his upside is. I also think that what's happened to justice and Josh, <coughs> excuse me, since they left is a little bit more of an impetus to move Tyler because there were concerns in the organization, particularly about Josh, about moving him. And we've seen it hasn't worked out for Josh in two other places. Like there's no real regret there, right? With justice, it hasn't worked out. I don't think there was regret when they made the trade because I think they were done with him, but it hasn't worked out. So I think with Tyler, it's kind of the same thing. And even if you look at the other guys that they've traded, the Pats traded to get the piece, okay? Lamar Odom had a very good career with the Lakers. He was a six man, which is where he was most comfortable. He wasn't the spotlighted guy. He Kobe loved playing with him. Um, you know, Karan had a very nice career where he bumped around to a bunch of different teams as maybe their third best player on a whole bunch of teams, but it was neither of them turned no into regret. guys that were completely irreplaceable. Right. Um, 
even Glenn Rice, who's the ultimate example of this, he became an all-star after he left. I, you love Glenn Rice. I, I love watching Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice was not a centerpiece like Zoe. You didn't regret. I learned quickly. Right. It, and I just, I know this goes counter to all the conversations we had about Harden. He was guys, your justice? What's that? So he was your justice, uh, Leif? Back then, yes. I was so mad at Pat. But then I quickly learned that there's a vision there. So anyway, back to Ethan. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think he's going to survive the cycle. I, and I, it's not disparaging him, but he's not as advanced as Bam. And I, I think that anybody that Jimmy is going to play with during this period of time has to be as at least as advanced as Bam to be one of their top three players. Um, and I still think Goran's going to be here because I don't think Jimmy wants him gone. And, you know, we'll have, we'll, you know, Kendrick Nunn has become a conversation now too. I heard some numbers about Kendrick Nunn yesterday, not from his side, but from people around the league that you may be looking at 15 per at, at a lot of years. It's, it's going to hey. be a comp, complicated oh, yeah. situation. Hey, man. I, li- I like you, Kendrick, but um, peace. Hey, man, I'm happy for you. Go chase that bag. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right, we will get to number four here in a second. We want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's our friends over at Miami Grill. You got to get some of those gyros. You got to get the wings. Uh, you got to get the burgers. You can do it in Miami Grill, or you can get delivery. Pick up anything that you want to do. Miami Grill, they got locations all over South Florida. If you're craving it, they're making it. They also got the souvenir cups now for two bucks and 99 cents. If you want to check that out, but Miami Grill, again, they're very Miami like we are. So find them. If you're in Lauderdale, Commercial Boulevard, Oakland Park Boulevard. I know that uh, our guy Alex knows the spot south, even though I try to avoid Dade County as much as I possibly can. But you can find Miami Grill. It's the Hollywood one. The ho- See, that's Hollywood's a little closer to my territory. I could do that. And I lived there for a bit. MyMiamiGrill.com or download the Miami Grill app. All right, let's get to number four here. This was a joke at my expense for a while. Uh, don't trade the depth in a COVID season. Now, I made this point because I, I knew the guys were going to go in and out and that it did indeed happen. I think what happened, though, is that the Heat's depth was not as good as we thought it was. So so I'll get to this. They're they're blowing up tonight, so this is a, probably a bad night to do this pod, okay? Akpala looks great. Precious looks good. It's um, 93 actually, to 66 as we're doing this. I mean, maybe they all should have played. Maybe they should have been the guys playing against Milwaukee the other night. When are uh, they so good at scoring? Max Max Struess had, had, a, had a vicious dunk that Bam was excited about and Iguodala was excited about. But, but I'll just leave it at this, and I'll start with you, Alex, this time. Um, did, did the Heat's development uh, reputation and identification of talent reputation take a bit of a hit this year? I mean, Akpala is, is not what they hoped, I think, at this stage. We can talk about no summer league and all the rest of that we have. Uh, Precious obviously hit a wall. The two-way guys, Struess gave him something. Vincent's kind of one-dimensional, and, and the dimension he has is not the one we thought he had because he, he can't really shoot. He, he can, he defends. Did, did 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 they take a hit this year from developmental perspective? I'm not there. Uh, like, just I don't think because some of those guys didn't hit and ended up kind of being third-string guys. Like, you know, these guys were later picks in the draft. You know, I, it's I feel like I would feel that way maybe if it was a higher pick. But, you know, we saw them pick Tyler Hero at 14 and turn him into a really good, you know, a very good 
rotation player to have in his rookie season. And this year, you talk about Precious. Like, I think Precious looked pretty damn good those first couple of months, you know, relative to being a, a rookie backup five, right? And I think he's – ever since he got benched for Deadman, uh, and by the way, I think that connects to this whole conversation about finding talent because Deadman was – clearly somebody they needed the Ariza thing to me they nailed that you already know I'm a big fan of Ariza's game and sorry my laptop is over here going crazy but seriously like Struess and Vincent are not even guys I think about when it comes to this they're fine they're cool uh two-way guys to have but Precious and KZ are the guys who just need some more time and reps uh whether it's summer league whether it's you know games like this that don't matter they're not there yet but to me like They've got – with everything that they've done with the veterans and the signs that, that some of these younger guys have shown, I think they're all right. Like, I think KZ is the one that, that bothers me a little bit just because you, you'd think he'd be a little bit further along. He just hasn't shown anything on offense, really, besides that one spin move that he had, like, a month ago. And, uh, you know, he plays solid defense, so I'll give him that. Like, he's gotten better on defense. He doesn't look as lost. Uh, he's out there giving a whole lot of effort. He's not just standing around. But – I'm not really there yet. I don't think I'm there that the, the Heat's development took a hit this season. Thank you, Alex, because there's a couple of things here. So part of the whole process, uh, as I understand it, and many people probably say I don't understand it, is that uh, you were acquiring picks because the more opportunities you had at players, you were going to inevitably hit on one or two of those players and you would build a great team, right? Well, there's a little bit of that philosophy here. Like you're going to bring in a lot of and cycle through a lot of these guys, these undrafted guys, these two-way guys, these end of the bench, second round players. And some of them are, you're going to hit on and some of them you aren't. It's not something that you're going to do every single season. It's never been that way with the heat. There's been stretches where they've gone on droughts. I think the LeBron era excluded because they completely shifted away from any developmental thoughts after that era, they've always had something in the pipeline and it may be a little bleak now, but only because the guys that they've just groomed, the Duncan, the nuns, the heroes, the Bams are all like now, you know, starter level players. So I just feel like it's not, we're not there yet. Well, you're right about the big three era. I mean, they Norris Cole, you know, who was a late first round pick was, was pretty much the only young player they really integrated with that group in any way. And, and, and it, in, in retrospect, it was a mistake. It was, but it was a mistake that was forced by what they felt was a positional need uh, to a certain degree. And, and, but again, one of the reasons they drafted Norris was he had played as a leader where he was like the go-to guy down the stretch for his college team. And he'd played multiple years there in that. Yeah, role. no, sorry, Ethan. I meant the lack of focus on development. Oh, oh no, no, I know. Well, the, was a mistake. They argue with me about that. And, and they'll mention Norris as that guy, right? That was there. And they'll also talk about how, well, Rio was drafted in, in 08. So he was, but I mean, by then, I mean, he was already a poly. He was, I mean, you know, he, he, Rio would tell I'll you he was already a superstar by 2010. So I, I don't know that Rio may be the best example, but no, they had the Terrell Harris's and the Mikel Gladnesses, and nobody really panned out. Um, and they didn't put any stock into it. They'd rather go get a Richard Lewis, which again, I, I understood at the time. I mean, you, you, you have LeBron's window. But now we're talking about kind of the same thing, right? You have Jimmy's window and Jimmy's not LeBron, but Jimmy's actually older than LeBron was at that stage. And, and it does become a question of, okay, who can he trust? I, I think all of these questions that we're talking about now, 
and the Heat may come to regret this in two, three years if Jimmy does decline as people expected him to do because of all those, you know, Tibbs years, right? Even though, again, as I said, Jimmy's minutes are not as great over the course of his career as people think they are. But if he does start to decline, then people will say, well, the Heat went too all in on Jimmy Butler and they were put in a bad position. But the reality is Jimmy has outplayed what you expected. And so you have to do it. And so I don't know that there's going to be a lot of room for the Max Struces of the world as we go forward, because I think that there's going to be more of an emphasis on trying to get vets he can trust. And I do think you mentioned a reason Deadman that they kind of prove they're kind of the proof of concept there, right? Like a reason Deadman earned Jimmy's trust, each of them within the first week. Yeah. And, and that's not something that precious did. It's not something to be honest, that Tyler has at times this year. It's not. And I just think you're going to get to a certain point with Jimmy where he wants to win a championship. He wants to win it in Miami and he wants to win it with his guys and the guys that he can, you know, go to battle with every night. But you're, you're going to need a couple mm-hmm. low salary players to outperform their right. cap, the percentage of cap that they're taking up. So like a Max Struess, for instance, they may not go and find a bunch more Max Struesses, but he could end up being a player that, you can find a role for similar to how they did with Duncan. Obviously Duncan's on another trajectory, but so, but point taken for sure. All right. We're going to get to number five. Kind of sums all this up uh, in a second. Before we do one more sponsor, we want to tell you about that's everything trade shows. COVID is not over, but people are starting to go out get vaccinated, which you should do. I've got both of mine here. did the Pfizer thing. Um, you may want to, get your company back involved in a trade show, but you might need help because you might not have your entire marketing team back. Things are still in flux. So you need a one-stop shop, go to everythingtradeshows.com, And you got to mention five reasons, whether you go there and you reach out to someone directly through there or at 954-791-8882. That's 954-791-8882. If you mention five reasons, you get a free consultation you get a free booth rendering. They're based right here in Fort Lauderdale, but they service all 50 states. They can handle logistics, booth, graphics, furniture, flooring, even some tips so you can get noticed. They can tell you uh, the difference between renting and buying and how that'll work for you. It's a one-stop shop for trade shows. So again, everythingtradeshows.com, 954-791-8882. All right, let's get to number five and let's try to sum this thing up. There's no question that the Heat regressed to a certain degree from where they were in the bubble last year. I don't think any of us can argue different. I think we were trying to make the case before that they ended up with a four seed. And with as much as Jimmy was out, you could actually say in some ways the season was an improvement because last year they were a five seed. They're not a four seed. They're not a five seed. They're a six seed. When I posted on Twitter, which is the loss this season that annoys you the most, I got 15 different answers. Because whether it was Golden State or losing to the Clippers twice when they were when they didn't have four starters, or whether it was that game against Atlanta without Trey Ouch. Young and Capella, or whether it was Charlotte at home where Malik Ouch. Monk went nuts, or whether it was Minnesota, or whether it was Detroit earlier this Violet. season. These are just all off the top of my damn head, okay? And they're off of the top of the damn heads of everybody else. I do not think you can plausibly argue that this was a better season than last season, no matter how things were trending pre-COVID. You cannot argue it. I'm not absolutely gonna let you... not. No. Okay, I'm not letting either of you argue that. But I will. I will ask this question: Does this in any way invalidate anything that happened in the bubble last year, Alex? Hell no. 
Okay, Hell well, no. go, the, okay, the, you go first. The two seasons are not related, and I just think that like they're 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 connected in ways, but I just don't think that one is indicative of a fluke. Um, because like, are we going to ask that question about the Lakers if they're in a play-in game? Like, think about if the Heat were about to embark on a play-in situation this week, how Heat fans would be taking that. The Lakers, the defending the champions. Maybe doing that. The Celtics, their Eastern Conference finalists are doing that. The Nuggets, you know, they didn't finish first. Um, anyway, so I, I, I don't know. I will say that um, it, they regressed, but there's just a part of this where I feel like they still got a shot. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty much feeling the same. Like, they should have a better roster than they did last year if Vic was healthy. And it's not just about Vic, but to me, like the Deadman thing was, was, you know, is important. The reason thing is important. I still kind of like him better than Crowder. Uh, the one thing is Goran's decline. I think Jimmy and Bam are still good, if not better than they were last year. I think Duncan is better than last year. I think Kendrick is better than last year. I think uh, Tyler more or less, right. I think more, Skilled in last year, maybe not as consistent, uh, but to me, like, it's just not a better season. It's, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this team right now. Cause you guys have heard me say since, you know, they clapped the bucks last year in five games that I'm not afraid of them, even after they signed Drew. But, you know, the more the time has gone by, it's just getting worrisome. Right. And <laughs> I don't know, man, I, I feel up and down on the C team. That's kind of how their whole season has been. I think they have a real shot, right, with the Bucks. I don't think it's like, you know, I I, I was really annoyed with them last night because they had a chance to completely stay away from that. And you know what? If they're that confident in the matchup, then who am I to doubt their confidence? I just – it feels tough to guarantee that that confidence is going to match the output that we're expecting because I think that the standard was what they did last year, right? And we know the Bucks are better, but it's almost like – are the Heat better? Probably not. Are the Bucks better? Probably. They're going to have home court advantage. And the Heat have a shot. But now everything is against them. They're back. They're right back to being that underdog. And the expectations have changed. Well, the expectations have changed in one way because they got to the finals and they were raised. And the expectations have been lowered because they've been so damn frustrating this year. It is remarkable to me. I was thinking about it today that they won 40 games. I mean, they're going to end up 40 and 32, right? That they won 40 games. And I can remember so few of the wins. I, I remember there are so many of those losses. Like it, it just reminds you how many bad teams there are in the NBA, because really like with some of those games that they should have closed out, like 47 and 25 should have happened. Like there, there is at least you're right. I mean, if you win half of those ridiculous games that turned out to be losses, the 14 of them, you go seven and seven in those you're 47 and 25 yeah, and you're right? cruising to a three seed. You know, you bring up such a good point about not remembering the victories and, and maybe this is a, something we'll unpack on a later episode. Like when we really look back on the season, but like, I really don't have like that signature victory that I can think about. I mean, yeah, the Philly game the other day was awesome. The Portland game. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, New, but New it's like a Western Texas. Conference team. That's just not it. You know what I mean? I okay, guess Utah, you know what it is. Utah, it's the back-to-back -back in Boston. Home. It's the back-to-back -back in Boston. It's the back-to-back -back in Boston. But again, that was a beaten up Boston. You're team. right. I'm not gonna, exactly. Okay. I, I mean, to me, their best game of the season, their most complete game and most entertaining game is probably the, the win over Utah. 
Um, I, me, I, I thought it was one of their most. And Philly, I mean, let, let's let's be real about this. For everything that Jimmy did this year and everything that Bam did and, and Duncan, you know, playing all 72 and obviously having moments and Tyler had a few. Kendrick Nunn, I think, is, is one of the better stories of the season. Mm-hmm. Those three minutes from Udonis Haslam are what I'm going to remember from this year. I mean, right? Kind of. Yeah, right? Absolutely. That like, moment was electric. I couldn't believe it was happening. Yeah. when it was happening there at the game. And by the way, that's two seasons in a row now, at least in my opinion, that the that Heat Sixers is the best home game. Like I think Oh yeah. The the electric. other two things the other two things I take away from this year as I as I immediately download like right this moment is that Duncan overcame the shooting stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that that is an important thing we didn't discuss on this pod, but uh I'll take that away. And also got better that- all around. Bam's yeah. game winner against Brooklyn. Like there yes. was something about that that I felt like yeah. we were making a, uh, so much progress. But we'll, well see. Well, we, we thought that was the Bam breakthrough, and then he, and then he went back in the shell again. Yes, I will say, having gone to that one too, that that one certainly is is top ten, uh, top five, maybe maybe higher that than that. Awesome. But yeah, but but I, but I just there were not part of it was the nature of the season, which I think the NBA they botched. Um, I, I just, it was not a fun season for a lot of reasons. I don't think this was as frustrating a season as maybe Oh six Oh seven was as maybe, you know, some of the others that were over 500, but they didn't play particularly well. I don't think it was as frustrating as some of those shit. 13, 14 was frustrating. That was not a fun year at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and that they ended up going to the finals, but, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I think this is one I get the sense when I talk to heat people like they want to make a run. And when it's over, they want to break, man. They want to break. <laughs> they want to break. I think <laughs> like they're man. human beings as we are. Right. I mean, we want to break. Uh, but we, we stopped potting for like two straight years. Like, yeah, we don't we don't. That's right. That's all we do is pot every night. We we want to break, but we don't want it for two months. So hopefully the heat can make a little bit of run here. Yeah. Post up you know five hours where you're going to want to go after every game. We got sponsors we need to take care of. So make sure uh, if the heat get out of this damn first round, we will spend the next week previewing heat bucks. We're also going to try to grab a couple of good guests for you guys. Uh, check out our sponsors. We had a lot of them in this one. Yes, Alex. Yes. Well, look, I know that we've been recording while this game has been going on, but shout out to Tyler, man. I'm just looking at the box score now as you're talking. 11 assists along with 16.6 rebounds, 7 of 12 shooting. Precious, 7 of 12 shooting. Nemanja Bielitsa, 7 of 11 shooting. Gabe Vincent, 5 of 10. And you got 6 of 14. Don't trade depth in the COVID year. Oh, I was going to say it. And it's not it's not even over. You got six of fourteen from Truce and five of eight from Alcala. Like maybe this is the team they should have been trotting out. That's amazing. That's going to be the title of this one. Don't trade depth in a COVID year. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. 